Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, guys. Today we have a very special treat for you. You know her as the New Yorker, now Nashville resident, who graced our screens on season 16 of Married at First Sight. She and her husband, Chris, were the only ones to say yes on decision day. Guys, today we have Nicole in the house. Hi, Nicole. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. You are number one for aid on her draft pick. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, it really wasn't hard to be number one this season, but I'll still take it. So we have a ton of questions for you. You are, we've actually had Dr. Pepper and Dr. Jessica on our show before, but you are our first MAPS participant to ever come on our show. Mm-hmm. I feel honored. Wow. <laughs> and I do have to disclaim for our viewers, because I feel like I've said many times to viewers, to our listeners that like, oh, we should never have anybody on the show because we say so much terrible things, but we really don't say terrible things. But, um, you know, it's, it's separation that we've always maintained that we broke just for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And, you know, like I say, you say what you say, and I choose to listen. So don't worry about anything you've said in the past. We're starting fresh today. <laughs> Thank you for the grace. <laughs> oh, trust the me, we all need it. Uh, so we, we have a ton of questions for you about the whole process of going on Married at First Sight, our favorite show. So you, I feel like early on, you mentioned that you have watched the show before you came on. Yes. So I've been watching since season nine. It's something that I got into when COVID first hit. I ran out of TV shows to watch. And my mom was like, you have to watch this show. I've been watching it since season one. And I was like, mom, you're crazy. I thought it was like, let's pick two people off the street who want to be married, throw them together, see what happens. She was like, no, it's a matchmaking process. There's all these things that go into it. I watched one episode and I was hooked. And it's just been my favorite show ever since. What city was season nine? Charlotte. Charlotte. Oh, that's a good one. So what was your casting process like? Like walk us through your thought process of, you know what, I'm just going to do this. What was your mindset at? Like what made you do this show? So this is actually, I believe everything happens for a reason and I'm all about fate and signs. And I was at work talking to, I used to work in real estate doing marketing and I was talking to one of my real estate teams and they were saying that they think I would be really good on reality TV because I have the personality for it. And I said, you know, I couldn't do any kind of dating show like The Bachelor where I'm competing for men. It's just not my style. But I said, Married at First Sight is probably the only show that I could see myself on because I wouldn't have to be in this competition mode. 
And I didn't even know that Married at First Sight was casting in Nashville, but I don't really fully know the backstory of how this one guy on that team that I was saying this to got connected to someone in casting. I think they used to work together. So I'm just walking by his office and he was like, Nicole, I have someone for you to talk to. And he picks up the phone and he was like, hey, is this, I don't, I don't remember. I think the guy's name was Chris, ironically enough, but <laughs> Chris from that show and he hands me the phone and he's telling me all about Married at First Sight. And I thought this was a joke because this had maybe been three weeks after this conversation, mm-hmm. but halfway into this conversation that was in total about an hour. So we're talking on the phone for half an hour. Like this is not a joke. He said they just announced casting that day. They hadn't even gotten applications yet. And he wanted me to send my application in right away because he thinks that I would be perfect for the show. So I immediately went, filled out my application, and I didn't hear anything. So I'm like, all right, maybe this was just a weird phone call with someone who didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks later, they said, you know, apologies for the delay, but we hadn't expected anyone to have a conversation that early you know, at that point, they were just collecting questionnaires from the internet, and then I guess deciding who they would follow up with phone calls. Mm -hmm. So from there, I just spoke to the casting team. And with every meeting, interview, conversation, it's like, let's just see where this goes. I'm not going to take myself out of the running. I think this could be really cool for me. I'm not going to get my hopes up. And then, you know, every time that happened, I met with the experts, they came to my house, you're right, this feels like a good sign, but I've seen these specials where there are other people who don't get picked. I'm not going to get my hopes up. And until Dr. Pepper looked me in the eyes and said I was getting a husband, I still, part of me was like, eh, this isn't going to happen for me, but it did. And I was probably the first person cast in Nashville or to enter the casting process in Nashville, but it worked out. So it was a long process for me, but a good one. How much time are we talking from that phone call to Dr. Pepper saying you're getting married? Uh, So the phone call was in February of 2022. And Dr. Pepper told me I was getting married July 6, 2022. So a very, but that was specific for me because I had that like two month period where I didn't hear anything. So I had an especially long process, but it was, it was lengthy for sure. But I think that leads us to a question a lot of the viewers and we've had. Do the experts do the actual matching or is it like the producers and then they eventually do? Like, what was your experience? So uh, none of this is backed. This is just my guess. But my assumption is that the casting team filters out the people that they don't think would be good for the show. And then you have these psychological evaluations, background checks. So there's a team that will just automatically filter people out who can't be on the show for, you know, legal reasons or whatever it is, or who don't agree to the rules of the contract. So I think the casting team will filter all of those people out and bring forth the people that they think are good for TV in general, a good fit for the show, who have passed all of the background checks, who theoretically could be on the show, and then they let the experts take it from there. So I don't think the experts are getting, you know, thousands or however many entries to look at, but I think they're getting all of the people who could be on the show, maybe with some notes, like 
this guy would be really good on the show or this girl is really ready for marriage. But that is all information I'm not privy to. Okay. If you were to guess, what number of people do you think the experts kind of get to work with? I want to say 100. I mean, that's manageable. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I just wondered. Uh, And that's a guess. I I will... Full disclaimer, that is me purely guessing, but I just don't think it's feasible for them to deal with more than 100 because how do you even start to filter through more than that? But that's a guess. I get the sense, and we'll talk about it more, that you're a pretty like curious person. Um, so during this process, are you like trying to figure out what's going on that you're not seeing or are you just like, I'm just going to do my part? Well, I, because I watched the show, I've seen, you know, before they get matched or the home visits and all of that. So I kept trying to guess what was happening or are they asking me leading questions because they're trying to match me or are they just curious? So I was playing a little bit of detective. I mean, I always thought, and this is inside information, but might be helpful, uh, <laughs> when you would see the home visits. My first reaction every time is, why are these people so surprised? You have cameras in your home, you are mic'd up, like every season it kills me. Don't act. If you, you know, if you're not surprised, it's okay. It's still shocking to see an expert show up in your home. And I literally was so surprised And I wanted to just like apologize to everyone in past seasons that I had judged for acting surprised, but I really had no idea. And that was even with me trying to guess like, okay, we're a few weeks out. They might be doing home visits soon. According to my timeline that I've crafted on my little, you know, murder mystery board, I couldn't really guess what was going on as much as I tried, but I... I tried to be a detective, but at some point you just have to wait and see. Like you don't hear from them for weeks and then you hear from them and they want to talk to you every single day that week. So you really can't predict what's going to happen. So speaking of surprise, the other thing we always question is when you have to tell, after you've been matched and you have to tell your friends and family that you've been chosen, what do your friends and family think they're there for with the cameras and the mics? Don't they know you've been going through the process? So two of my friends actually had no idea I was going through the process. Uh, One friend did, but I told her that she didn't watch the show. So she didn't really, uh, it was easy to lie to her basically. But I just told her that they wanted to get footage of me with my friends to see how I act in social settings. And then my other two friends who didn't know, I said that I was applying for a dating show and it's a similar concept. I said they want to see me around my friends and see how... I am when I'm out and, you know, the kinds of conversations I have. So it was not hard to get them there and have them believe a totally different story. And I'm happy I didn't tell them in advance because they were so shocked and their reactions were so pure. And I'm very happy I did it that way. Was it hard to find friends to film? Were there any friends that were like, no, I don't want to be on camera? Well, for me, it was difficult because I'm not from Nashville. So... Um majority of my friends and family don't live here and they really want people in person. They don't want to do a lot of FaceTiming. So I had a smaller pool to choose from, but 
everyone was kind of open to it. I mean, I didn't really ask anyone who said no. It was more of um, they couldn't make it because a lot of this stuff is last minute. And you find out you're getting married and then everything happens within two-ish weeks. So it's oh. more of like, hey, can you be available tomorrow at 3 p.m. in the middle of the week? And most people just can't. So no one was against it. It was more just like, who do I have that's available kind of thing. So this kind of <clears throat> leads to my next question, which is more about like when you're in it, you're like you've gotten married and you're living your like day to day life with your new husband. What is that filming schedule? And then when you do have to do like the housewarming or like things where you need friends, like are they doing these during times that are convenient or is it like 3 p.m. in the middle of the afternoon on a weekday? <laughs> Honestly, the filming schedule is intense because you still work your full job, your full-time job. I mean, I guess if you have the luxury of taking eight weeks off, so be it. But you're working all day and then generally filming after work pretty much every single day. Usually you would get a day or two off, but then the weekends, it was like 5 p.m. Friday until end of the day Sunday you just film, film, film. So you could see something over maybe two episodes that was all filmed in a weekend, but they had to get those times when people weren't working because everyone's schedules were so crazy. So it was just like work during the day, film, go to sleep, rinse and repeat. And then on your off days, you're just kind of tired. So it was pretty exhausting. I can't imagine. Like, how do you manage the logistics of life? Like, when do you go to the grocery store? Are you like, yeah. does the crew help with stuff? Or, you guys seem to eat a lot of takeout, I must say. Um. Yeah, there's there's no time. I shouldn't say that there is time to do all of those things. But when you have the time, the last thing on your mind is grocery shopping. And a lot of the times, if like, let's say I could finish work at 530. They're at the apartment at 515 setting up. So at 530, when I'm done, I can be filming. So you can't really sit for an hour and put together a meal unless you're planning on cooking and eating that meal in whatever you're filming that night. But if you have to be somewhere at six o'clock and you finish work at 530, you don't have time to cook a meal and eat it and clean it up and whatever it is. So we really didn't go grocery shopping. We would just eat takeout. I mean, I lost like 15 pounds during filming just because of the stress and I wasn't eating and don't worry, gained it right back. I have my happy weight as I happily call it, but it's, um, it's hard to find the time to do the things like laundry is being done in between filming things. And you have to turn the little buzzer off the dryer. So this way it doesn't go off when you're filming, you get pretty crafty. Wow. I'd like to go back just a little, the wedding dresses. Do you pick them before you film or is it really you one, two, three, and yes, we found the dress. So you show up and you're just in a room full of dresses that are available to you. So I guess theoretically I could have picked from any of those dresses, but they do say these are the ones that we've picked ahead of time for you based on preferences that you send over ahead of time. So you send over a few pictures of dresses that you like, you send over your size and style, and you can pick any of the dresses, but they have maybe 10, 15 dresses that they think would be best for you based on what you've said you prefer, mm -hmm. but you don't have to pick from those. So you basically get free range of the range, rain. Yeah. You get to pick from the store. Sorry. It's been a long day. <laughs> um, 
but they guide you towards the rack that they've chosen for you. And um, with my dress, ironically, it's not even worth getting into it because it's just not important at this point anymore. But I said I really wanted an overlay skirt and I tried on all of these dresses and I didn't really like any of them. And I was so upset because I was like, this is my wedding dress and I'm just going to have to choose something I don't like. I really wanted an overlay skirt. And they said, well, ironically, we have this one dress here and it happens to have an overlay skirt that we have in the back. And cue the tears, this is my dress. And it turns out it was a million sizes too big. So when they had to fit it, it lost the, the entire structure of the dress. I had about 17 pairs of bra cups in, which makes it look like I have Bridgerton boobs. So if you notice on the wedding day, because the dress was just, when you take it in that much, mm-hmm. it loses all integrity. So I had my little skirt and that's what matters. And that is the silver lining I'm going to take away from it. But to answer your question, you do pick the dress out of still, I would say there are probably 50 options in that store. So you still pick the dress, but they guide you towards ones that they've pre-selected based on your preferences. Oh, okay. Is that why you were so upset at your wedding picture? Because it wasn't the dress? The dress, the makeup, the hair, none of it was what I had pictured. And I mean, the dress, if you notice, like I keep pulling up my strap, which drives me nuts when people do that, but it just didn't fit no matter what I did. I had all this tape on me. I was ready to crazy glue it to my shoulders, but it is what it is. And I don't know if you saw, but Chris and I just did an anniversary photo shoot and the pictures make up for the wedding photos. It was our same wedding photographer. So she made, she made good on that day and it's all in the past. It's very funny to us, the viewer, because I remember an after party where you tell the story about the champagne and you felt Mm -hmm. like you didn't look, I thought you looked beautiful on your wedding day. And I said that before I knew anything. You looked great. You looked great a lot of times during the show, actually. But on your wedding day, I thought you looked beautiful. It's like your hair was beautiful. Your makeup was beautiful. The dress was beautiful. Like we, we, the viewer don't know. I want you to know that. (laughs) Well, thank you. And it's funny because looking back, I feel like I made it worse by pointing it out. But also this was my wedding day that I've been dreaming of my whole life. And then I get two weeks to plan it and I don't have any say in my hair, my makeup, my dresses and how I wanted. So that was my, that was also my first like week being on TV pretty much. So I had this vision of coming out like this beauty queen and then I didn't feel like it. So I didn't know yet at the time, don't point it out because people probably won't notice, but when you say something, they will. <laughs> Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming, and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store, 
When you download the Earning app, type in AltoCall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AltoCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Well, going back to filming, how long did it take you to forget the cameras were there? Almost immediately. You really don't notice because you're not looking at the camera. I know this sounds weird. Like, how do you not notice cameras aren't there? But you're not talking to the camera. Mm -hmm. And if you're having a conversation with someone, you're looking at them, you're interacting with whatever it is you're doing. So you're not really paying attention to what's in your peripherals as much. Mm -hmm. So I would say before I got married, I was very aware of the cameras because it was so new to me. And then having, once I got married, I had Chris there. And because we were just doing things together, it wasn't so one-on-one focus on me. I really forgot they were there. I mean, there's a lot of times that you you could see Chris and I were very open and vulnerable. And it's purely because we for, not forgot cameras were there, but it wasn't top of mind. Mm-hmm. So we would say things that we wanted each other to know that we might not necessarily have wanted the entire world to know, but it just comes out so organically. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was just wondering, do you have conversations in the closet? And I was like, is there not a camera guy right there? <laughs> You're always mic'd. So it, and that's another thing that makes me laugh when people whisper, like we could still hear you. You can close <laughs> the door, you can turn on the water. Your mic is still there. We can still hear you. So it's less about the camera and more about when your sound is on. I would say that I was more conscious of because 
a camera in the room does not mean they're not recording you. So if you walk away with your mic still on, they have your sound. That is true. If you, anybody watches The Housewives, we've got a lot of hot mic moments. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. Okay. So moving on to the wedding, the marriage. Before that, like, how do you tell the experts what your type is? They ask so many questions. Honestly, I said that filling out all these questionnaires was good for me, even if I didn't make it on the show, because it made me really verbalize what it was that I wanted. But I told them, I'm not going to say I'm not into looks because I'm a human and I am into looks, but I don't have a specific type. Mm -hmm. I have dated you know, everyone from different colors, hair colors, eye colors, heights, all all the things. So all I really said was I need him to be attractive in a a universal sense. Like anyone could look at this man and be like, oh, he's not bad looking, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have to be a certain type and he doesn't have to be a supermodel. I said, I I have no problem or I had no problem finding men that were super attractive. It's their personalities that were terrible. So I really told the experts the personality features that were very important to me, very loyal, honest, communicative, playful, open to you know hearing what I have to say and sharing the same back with me. I mean, I was very adamant about certain personality traits mm-hmm. and kept following up with, but I don't want him to be an ogre. So I I left looks kind of open. Um, Ironically, I did say that I didn't want someone super tall because I'm 5'1", and there are still things that are difficult, like even holding hands. Our arms are such different lengths. So I said, you know, like 5'8 and under would be preferred, and they find me a man who's 6'2". But... Well, I mean, we told Dr. Pepper, like, why, when they state their preference, why is it just a suggestion? Why don't you guys pay attention to what they ask for? Because bald men have been a thing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's also difficult because you don't want to rule someone out who could be amazing for yes. something that you can get over. So, yes. for example, like I, I don't normally go towards bald men. Mm-hmm. But if they set me up with someone who was a perfect match for me in every other area and he was bald, I wouldn't care. But if they said, ooh, this man is bald and that's the main thing we're leading with, that wouldn't work. So I think a lot of the times people say something's not a deal breaker because it's not, but it doesn't mean that they prefer it. So it's kind of tricky. Like, you know, speaking of bald men, like I, I wasn't in Kirsten's you know, questionnaire, but I would imagine she didn't say bald heads were a deal breaker, but I don't think she said she prefers it. So it was kind of like, it could go either way. And they took it as this is a yes, even though for her, she's like, I'd prefer no, but if it happens, it happens. The same way you said I'd prefer, you know, shorter and you didn't get shorter and it worked out just fine. Exactly. It's like, I'd prefer under 5'8", but it's not a deal breaker. Like for me, smoking was a deal breaker. I said, if he's a smoker, absolutely not. I don't care if he's the best man in the world. He has cats. Absolutely not. I'm very allergic. Like deal breakers. But height, not a deal breaker. But if I had to build my own man, he would not be 6'2". 
That's all I'm saying. You're in the minority, though, of people who have been on the show who are open, like it's not a deal breaker. We've seen people where that is the focus and that is just what I didn't want this. And this is the thing that's going to stop that. Although someone did ask for a non-smoker and they gave them a smoker. So there's Yeah. That. And I think people just get stuck. Honestly, it's you're so there's so many things going on and it's so easy to just get stuck on this is the one thing I don't like about this person because you don't know all the things that you do like yet. So it's very easy to just get stuck on it and then run with it. Yeah, I agree. My theory is just they don't they don't like them anyways. So they're just focusing on that and they make it larger than it should be. But exactly. Yeah. Okay. So there was well, we were gonna ask, like, what if someone walked down the aisle that you weren't attracted to? But based on what you're saying, the chances of that were slim because it was more about the personality. Eh, listen. Again, I'm human and walking down the aisle, you don't know a damn thing. You don't know their name. You don't know anything. So the first thing you know is what they look like. So this could be the best man in the world. It could be the worst man in the world. You're going to have an opinion just based on their looks. Yeah. And there were chances I would not have been attracted to him, but I told myself even before the wedding day, I said, I'm going to give this experience a chance. If I'm not attracted to this man, that's going to suck. But I'm going to figure out the reasons the experts matched us. Because since I was so open about looks, I knew that his personality had to be what I was looking for. So I already told myself, like, if he's not attractive, just roll with it. Don't let that stop you from getting to know him. And on the wedding day, so many things from his car to his gift, to just all the emotions I was feeling... I knew his personality was going to be a good match for mine. So I said, even if I actually, I told my producer before the champagne incident, I said, I guarantee this man is ugly because there's no way that someone who could make me feel so special without meeting me is attractive. And he was like, no, he's not ugly. And it's like, "Uh, is that a mind game you're playing with me? No, just like that. Looks aren't everything. Just keep that in mind. Have an open mind. I was like, oh God. Okay. (laughs) The trip will be at the other end of this aisle and I'm just going to deal with it. And of course it was a mind game because I walked down the aisle and I was like, oh, this man could not be more handsome. Thank God. I found that very touching when you saw his gift to you because all everyone wants to feel is to feel loved and adored. And if you've been in like shitty relationships, situationships, because it's hard out there. It's like mm-hmm. the best thing. And you were like, oh, he, you feel like he knew you more than people you've actually dated. So that was really nice to watch. Yeah. And you didn't even see the full gift. And it it was less about what was in the gift and more about how similar our gifts were, because the instructions are very much like, if you want to get a gift, get a gift, we'll deliver it. It just can't give away any identifying information. So you can't have a picture or a name or anything like that. So instead of one gift, of course, I have like 16 different things with different meanings and I write them all in this card. And one of the gifts was I got us both a crystal that uh, I had in my dress and the crystal is supposed to be for helping 
the mind connection when two people have the crystal on them it helps their brains communicate with each other mm -hmm. so i gave him the crystal i said in the card like totally up to you but i'd love for you to have this on your person when we get married and his gift was a box and it had a million different little things and <laughs> he was like i want to explain them all but i'll do it in person but he started explaining and one of the gifts was a crystal bracelet and it just, it felt, I'm like, what are the odds that I gave him these crystals? He gave me crystals and a diamond necklace, which I still wear. And that's just, who doesn't like diamonds? But yeah. <laughs> it's so funny how similar the themes of our gifts were. So I already got the sense that he would understand me because I already knew we were similar, even if it was just from a gift and a card. Awesome. So because you go through this process the way you did and you <clears throat> you do get to have those moments like you just described where you exchange gifts and you discover that you have stuff in common. But like part of this gig is that you don't get to go through the normal dating process. Are there specific things that you're like, dang, this would have been like fun to just like meet you in a bar or Tinder or whatever. And like what parts of the dating process do you miss or if there are any? Uh, none. I mean, the reason I signed up for this is because dating is hard. Uh, also, Chris and I joke all the time that if we met organically, we probably would not date, let alone be married, because the things about each other that we were essentially forced to learn and work with are things that on the first or second date, we might have been like, eh, not worth it. And honestly, we're not each other's types look wise, looks wise, I would have seen him in a bar and been like, oh, this man is so tall. <laughs> and it, we're just not looks wise where the other person leaned or used to lean towards. So I don't even know if we would have approached each other, but had we met, been set up, met on an app, whatever it is, I think on the first date, he would have thought that I was a lot. And I would have thought that he was just way too nice for me. And I don't think I would have given him a second date, but because our first date was our wedding day and I had to understand how he operates. Now I know that he's not too nice. It's not, or he's not someone who will get walked all over. He's just agreeable and that's okay. But <laughs> I would not have given that a chance on a first date. I would have been like, mm -mm, nope. So Dane and I laugh, I think, because when we were doing the show, people kept on saying that, like, Chris seemed like someone you could walk all over. And, like, within very few episodes, we're like, why are people saying this? No. We have seen him assert himself many, many times. <laughs> like, where does this come from? Even, I think even your dad, no offense to your dad, but your dad even said something, like, many episodes in. And we're like, why are people still saying this? We don't see this. <laughs> it's, like I said, he, he's agreeable. So if Chris has an opinion and has something he wants to say, he has no problem saying it, no problem. It's not like putting his foot down. I, I hate to say it like that, but he has no problem being, uh, no, I don't want to do this. Or yes, we should do this. But if he truly doesn't care, he doesn't care. Like yeah. I have an opinion on everything, but he doesn't. So I think in the beginning, I took that as, Oh, he doesn't care, but sometimes he really doesn't. Yeah. And that's okay because yeah. if he doesn't care and I do, I get my way and we're both happy about it. So 
Uh, but I, I do think from what you saw, mm-hmm. because you were seeing his personality grow over the few weeks, but when you first meet him, he mm-hmm. is a little more shy and quiet. So I think my dad had only met him one or two times at that point. So he still got the impression like, oh, he's very nice. He's going to get walked all over, which is what I think a lot of people were seeing. Yeah. But if you pay attention, you see his personality develop. Yeah. So, sorry, another question, because this kind of ties in. Like, what are things that, as you watch the show, that you're like, uh, the way it's being portrayed on the show is not quite how I, I experienced it? Well, for one, the show makes it seem like Chris doesn't speak. There was one scene, it was when we were doing Back to Our Roots, and we were at this Italian deli, and I was telling him all about me in high school. And if you go back and watch, he does not speak the entire time. He's just sipping his water, eating his little sandwich, and the only time he speaks is in his interview when he's like, I couldn't be married to old Nicole. And it, he speaks a lot. I mean, I talk a lot, but he talks just as much. Sometimes <laughs> to the point where we need space from each other because we've been talking so much and we just, you know, need to be quiet for a few minutes. So I think his his personality didn't come through in that sense where he does talk and we have conversations. I think it 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 portrayed me as always talking at him or for him or to the group in our voice, but he always had his own voice and always spoke up, but I don't think you got to see that. So it, it made our relationship look very much like I'm the boss. I wear the pants and he just follows my lead, but we're very equal. So I think that was something that was a struggle to watch because that's, that's just not how we are in real life. So, you know, they wanted me to seem like a boss lady and I am, but I don't boss him around. That is one of the questions we actually had. Like how much of what we saw is your personality and how much of it was producer driven because you were the one that asked the questions and it's like, does someone volunteer? Do they ask, who's going to ask this? Who's going to bring this up? And when you were like, I volunteer as tribute. Like, what was the- and, and before you answer, I want to tell you that the theory that I espoused here on the show. I was like, look, you're filming. The minute you, like, finish your work, basically, you get to go home. Nicole is the one who makes sure that we that everybody gets to finish their work so we can be done filming. <laughs> 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you get it. You're on a mission. I say this. Full honesty, like we are all very good friends. I know it's not the point of the show, but we luckily became amazing friends. We would hang out all the time. But when we're filming together, we're not friends. We're coworkers. Like we are there to tell each other what's going on in our relationship, find out what's going on in their relationships, and really be there for each other. So if we just had, for example, our one month anniversary and we're all out celebrating, we know we can't just sit there and shoot the shit and be like, how's work? And what'd you guys do this weekend? And whatever, whatever. It's like, what did you do for your one month anniversary? How's it going at one month? How do you see your next month going? I also have watched the show, as you know. So I understand the assignment a little bit more, I think, because 
I know what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. We don't get there. We're there until we get there. So (laughs) not only am I nosy, I also wanted to get things moving along because if I don't ask it, we're just going to sit there and stare at each other until someone volunteers the information that we're looking for. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So speaking of understanding the assignment, we have thoughts, the viewers have thoughts, but as someone who was there, what were your thoughts on Ginger Gate? I think it's something that was blown way out of proportion. I think it, and listen, I heard it for the first time. Well, I heard the slender comment for the first time without knowing any of the ginger background. Mm So I will say I'm not going to speak for anyone else. I've learned my lesson there. But for me personally, I was so offended because I didn't know any backstory. All I hear is one guy who I don't know telling this girl I've become friendly with that she's not slender and athletic and I'm taking offense because I'm like, does he think I'm not slender athletic? Everything's about me now. He's just offended my friend. A lot of, a lot of emotions going on. So having heard the backstory about how Gina made the comment about gingery features, I think it was all part of the conversation. Like Chris and I had the conversation of me saying, I normally would not be into you because you're so tall. Mm-hmm. And I think they were having that same conversation, but because gingery features, quote unquote, is seemingly a little more offensive than your height or calling someone sl- not slender and athletic or, you know, however he phrased it, that mm-hmm. basically not slender and athletic that's a little bit more of a sensitive thing to say versus like, oh, I normally don't go for people who are tall or, you know, I can't even think of anything else comparable. But all of that to say, I think they were having that conversation of here's what I normally wouldn't be into. Haha, we're married. So I'm going to be into it. And because of the situation and the public audience of all of this, it blew way out of proportion. Like had that conversation stayed private, even I get it in front of the cameras isn't private, but had it not been in a group setting, I think it could have been managed a little differently. But because the group was brought in, I think that just escalated things. And also keep in mind in Gina and Clint's defense, they had lost their luggage So they didn't have any of their clothes. They couldn't go on some of the excursions because they didn't have any clothes for them. They went on one excursion to a waterfall, which was supposed to be an hour each way. And it ended up being like six hours because they got lost. Mm -hmm. They came back. They were supposed to have a nice romantic beach dinner like we all did, but they came back too late and they didn't have any clothes. So I think by the time that situation happened, they were so 
like up to their eyeballs in distress. And it came out in ways that seemed a little more malicious than they were supposed to. But I don't think either of them really cared about looks as much as it looked like they did. Okay, that's fair. Because I think from what we saw, he said what I've dated in the past. And like you said, I don't think he was opposed to if he wasn't dating what he used to date to in the past. We didn't understand why Gina was so offended, I guess. Like if he wasn't slender or whatever, that doesn't mean your body's terrible. So that was the part that was kind of like, that's not terrible. I mean, different bodies and it's still beautiful. So. Right. Yeah. I think that was, if he had said that to her privately, I think she might've been like, I don't love that, but okay. But to say it in front of essentially strangers and other women, we were all like, what did you just say to our friend? And we went straight into protective girl mode. Mm -hmm. And I I think she was embarrassed, honestly. Okay. So I think that made it worse that, you know, when you just feel foolish, it doesn't matter if the person was right or wrong. You just want that situation to be over. Okay. Fair enough. So so when you're like filming with everybody, like there's a couple questions I have. First off, do you, you're clearly all friends. You clearly like each other. Do you think it makes it better that you're all together or are there times when the group setting like actively harms the relationship? So for my relationship, I don't think I did not experience any situations where group settings harmed our relationship, but I think that's because we were doing so well throughout the process. But I do think, you know, they bring us together to try to hype each other up and, you know, support each other. But I would imagine, again, not speaking for anyone, but if I were in a situation where my relationship was not going well and I had to just bring it out and open in front of all these other couples and potentially see couples that are doing well, I think that would be very hurtful because I would look at it as, well, we're working just as hard. We're doing the exercises. We're doing all the things why aren't we succeeding? Or I don't want to tell everyone how we just had a fight and this is the situation we're going through and I want to keep it private or work through it between us. But now we have to not only tell everyone, but get everyone's advice and share how it's helping us grow and give our experience to other couples who might be experiencing the same thing. So I do think that the group settings could be harmful depending on the situation, but I also think that it brought us some solace knowing that we were all going through it. Like it wasn't just us struggling to have these conversations or do the exercises from the experts and things like that. Sorry, I'm a proponent of separating the couples. So that's why that's a good question that Aid asked. Because in your season, there were a couple of comments like, Things like we could be further than Chris and Nicole. You guys became the benchmark and you're comparing yourselves instead of going through your own journey. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I wasn't a fan of the group settings in, in situations where we were on camera off camera. Yeah. We were great, but yeah, I agree. So Kirsten was your bestie during the show. Um, (laughs) And it appears you guys are still pretty good friends and definitely probably the, the best friendship that came out of your season. My theory is that you guys were besties because you were the only two people in viable relationships on the show. True or untrue? 
No, we just clicked from the get. And Gina and I are also really close. Uh, but so Kirsten and I were next door neighbors. So we just organically saw each other, like literally ran into each other and we both work in real estate. So we had that in common and we just formed a friendship and she would feel really comfortable talking to me because Chris was also really close with Shaq. I'm really close with Shaq. So she was not only talking to her friend, but she was talking to someone who knew her husband as well. I mean, I knew him. We got married on the same day. So she met him like an hour before I did. So we really were getting to know him at the same time. And I think we just became close because we're just very similar. And we talk every day. And I got a husband and some best friends out of the show. So I'm not complaining. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, So people... Well, the perception is that you and Chris kind of bonded over a lot of sad stuff a lot of the time. Is that just what they chose to show us? Or was that just part of the accelerated process of getting through the Merc up front so you can get to the good part? That's a great question. It's a little bit of both. So there were a lot of conversations that were not traumatic that we had that either weren't on camera or weren't. I guess, exciting enough to show. Uh, I think because Chris and I both went into this process saying we were not having walls up, we were going to be open and vulnerable with each other. We were sharing a lot. And I think that's very unique for this process. So they really wanted to focus on that. Uh, I also think, like I mentioned earlier, that we forgot cameras were on us. So we would say things that we genuinely wanted the other person to know. But looking back, I don't think time and place, like we could have had those conversations in private, but at the same time, we signed up to share our journey with everyone. You know, had we met organically, I let him make it past the first date, all of that, we would not have had those conversations maybe ever, but definitely not in the first, you know, day or two of uh, being together. But because it's an eight week process, you kind of have to get over timelines and Mm -hmm. you look at it as information you want this person to know. So I'm not going to play the game of, does he deserve to know it now, tomorrow? Like you share information and you have to trust that your spouse now is not going to abuse that information. So I think we were very open and I think the show really liked that, but I also think they didn't care to show any of our, less vulnerable conversations because that's what you hear from most couples. So I think they liked that we were unique in that sense, but it makes us look like a bunch of sad sacks. Like we're really funny and really goofy and silly and you never really see us having fun. And that's, I think it's not a regret because I don't know that I could have changed anything, but I wish you got to see our silly side because we really are just a bunch of silly kids. <laughs> I mean, we saw the flamenco, the flamingo shirts, the dinosaurs. We saw stuff. The lightsabers. <laughs> no, you didn't care about the lightsabers when you saw them, but I can see more of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like a filing cabinet up here. <laughs> That's more of our personality on the day to day. So I think that's just not the couple that they wanted us to represent because 
we were the one solid communicative couple. Yeah. And also they knew you were going to say yes at the end. So they kind of maybe wanted to throw a curveball and this and that. So, okay. Um, Do you have a question, Nate? I do. When did you know that you were going to say yes? At what part of the process were you like, I'm doing it? I'm in it. Um, it was never for me a, am I going to say yes? It was more of, I never felt a time where I wanted to say no. So, I mean, listen, we're humans, we're married, cohabitating alone is enough to make you go crazy. So there were times where I questioned, okay, is this something that's a problem or is this just a bad day we're having? But I never once ever even came close to saying like, I can't say yes to this man on decision day. But for me, decision day was a yes to learning more. I mean, I I have divorced parents. Chris also has divorced parents. I want to stay married together. Wow. Married forever. (laughs) I think think we will. You never know what's going to happen in life and we can't predict the future. But I didn't go into decision day saying, if we say yes today, that means 100% 100% we have to be together together forever. I went into it with, do I want to see what happens after decision day? Do I want to share a life with this man however long, if it's one year, five years, 50 years? Mm-hmm. And every single day, I was still leaning towards yes. So I guess I kind of always knew because I never doubted my decision. Yeah. But then you kind of wondered about Chris, because something you did get flack for um, from Pastor Cal was... I guess you would ask Chris every day, what are you going to say? Well, because that was a joke that made it look like I was crazy. It was like we would joke about it because I would do something really annoying on purpose. And I would say, because Chris would not tell me if I was annoying him. And I said, you have to tell me because if not, I will annoy you until the day you die. So I would purposely try to annoy him until finally he was like, okay, this is annoying. So I would do something annoying and say, is it annoying enough that you're going to say no on decision day? And it just kind of went from there. And I really didn't mean anything by it. And if he ever said like, you know what? I am going to say no on decision day based on this. That might've been a cold harsh slap of reality, but maybe if that situation ever came up, I would need to hear that. But I really meant it to be harmless. But to Pastor Cal's point, if you ask at the wrong time, you might get the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. But I never felt, when I asked it, I never would ask at a time where I felt like Chris would say, yeah, I don't want to say yes to you because of, you know, you and I don't like you, whatever it is. I would always ask him in a playful moment. Hmm. But I do regret it because um, I hated myself hearing it. Like, Nicole, <laughs> shut up. Like, you know what he's going to say. Look at this man. He obviously wants to be with you, but you don't know. Going back to the honeymoon during Dog Gate, did you have any doubts? Like you just went into Shiro mode and you just came up with a solution and this is what we're going to do. We're in it together. But did you have any doubts with that situation any man who cares for his dogs the way he does is like this is the man i need to be with because if he can care for his dogs this way that just shows how he's going to care for me 
if we have children, how he's going to feel about them. Mm-hmm. And I had doubts in the sense that I didn't know what our plan really would be and how it would work. But mm-hmm. I also signed up to marry a stranger. So at that point, I was just like, we're going to figure it out. I mean, we don't know the answers to anything pretty much right now. So we're just going to go with the flow. And I'm solutions oriented to begin with. So I saw a situation where I needed to take charge and figure something out. Because also in that scenario, we were in Jamaica, we weren't home, we didn't know what was going on. And I didn't want to spend the day just playing the what ifs or what if we do this? Like We need a solution before we go home and we're figuring it out and that's it. And there was no question. It didn't make me look at him any less. Actually, in that moment, I think we both separately said to production, like, if we can't have our dogs, we're out. Thank you for introducing us. We can do this on our own. We will take our dogs and run. And they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It does not have to be that serious. Like, we're not saying you can't have the dogs. We just need to figure out a situation. And um, I don't know where I was going with that. But the point of that story was I really didn't have any doubts because I knew I looked at it as a positive. Like this man is so caring and loving that Mm -hmm. this is his reaction. And I love the dogs. I would have the same exact reaction if I were him. So we blamed production for that one. We were like, you guys knew that they had dogs. You should have figured this out before you got them an apartment where they couldn't have all their dogs. Incredible on your behalf. Let's do that. (laughs) My favorite game. Blame production. Housing was like a, a very much an issue for you and Chris. At one point, right before you left for like the final retreat or whatever we called that last weekend getaway, um, you were like trying to solution figuring out where to live. And I took the stance that Chris was a little dismissive. I was on your side. And, okay. and, and I think the idea was like, you guys were going to go away for this weekend trip and then you were going to come back on Monday and figure out the housing situation. Did you come back on Monday and Chris finally engage on figuring out the housing situation? 100%. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. And that is when I learned to trust him that when he says he's going to do something, he will do it. But I am not a uh, plan A or we figure it out person. I'm a plan A, B, C, potentially D. Like I will have all the different scenario solutions figured out before I go into a situation And Chris is very much, uh, he's like, this is plan A. If plan A doesn't work, we'll figure it out. But if it does work, we've just saved ourselves all of this time and energy. So I was coming from the standpoint of if this one exact scenario, which would be perfect for us, does not work, what are we going to do? And he was saying, we won't know if it's going to work until Monday So why are we going to stress about it until we talk to them Monday? And I was getting all caught up like, but are you going to call them Monday? Are you going to take care of it? Do I need to take care of it? Do I have to come up with other options? And he was getting frustrated because he was saying, basically, like he wanted me to let, or he wanted to prove me wrong. Like I was saying, you're not going to do it. And he was saying, just watch me and I'll do it. Monday came along, he called all the right people, he made it happen, no problem, no questions asked. And I learned from there that when he says, you know, don't worry about it, we're going to get it done, to trust that. But it's not always the best scenario, but in that situation, I should have just trusted him. 
I also think the editing was real whack because I think the editing made it seem like you guys were still discussing whether you were actually going to find a place together during that argument. Not that you were going to find a place together. It was a matter of which place. Because that was very confusing throughout the show, whether you and Chris were going to live together. (laughs) Well, it was kind of both there because if the housing situation we wanted didn't work out, we might not have been able to live together just because of logistics, like right away at least. Because we we had to wait for a certain type of apartment to open up and there was one available at the time we needed it. But if we didn't get that one apartment, there was nothing coming up that we had called all of these buildings for, they only give you 60 days out. So if this one apartment didn't work out, we would have potentially had to live separately for at least 60 days until we found more apartments that might not even open up. So that's why I was so stressed because if this apartment that we currently live in and are about to move out of didn't work out, we would have had to live separately until we figured out, not even figured out until something just randomly worked out for us. So I think that's why I was stressing so much. If we didn't have the dogs, it would have been a breeze. But we were very, very limited in where we could live. And now we're breaking our lease early because we just bought our dream home. So (laughs) jokes on everyone who thought he didn't want to live with me. (laughs) Nicola, you're a Virgo. I'm a Libra. Okay, just outside the, okay. So is Chris. Oh, both of you are Libras? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Um, that scene when all of you guys went out and these guys rolled up spontaneously, we have thoughts. We've seen those men before. Was that organic? Was that producers saying, go there? What, what was that whole night about? So I can tell you from my perspective, I knew we were filming just the girls. I knew we were at this bar that had other people there. I knew we it, get us getting on stage was a little questionable. It's like, why are we doing this? Um, it, Kirsten had been trying to teach me the Tamiya dance, whatever it's called, that looks like the electric slide. And she always teaches it to me and I always forget it. So we're up there, we're dancing, we're doing our thing. And these guys just randomly come up to us. So I kind of assumed production had something to do with this. And when you're watching the show, you you see some of these gentlemen in another scene at a boxing gym, but we didn't know that. So I assumed that they were just at this restaurant and production was like, hey, why don't you go over? Or they saw us with cameras around and they were like, let's go see what's happening. But I honestly had no idea, nor did I care because I was trying to master this dance. I had a person (laughs) at home. I had, it was my first time being out as a married woman and having men come up to us, Mm -hmm. I was actually a little nervous because my instinct was like, oh, there's a cute one. Go talk to him. (laughs) And then like, no, you don't need to, you don't want to, and I don't care to. So they were actually at one point getting very close to us. And I was, you know, very mama bear. I was like, everyone take a step back. We're all here to have fun, but you're crowding our space. We don't need you on top of us. And then everyone kind of broke off into little groups, but I really, I was talking to one guy and it was very funny because he has a long-term girlfriend and um, 
we were talking about how, and they're long distance, and we were talking about how their relationship works because they are so great at communication. And I was saying that my marriage is so great because we're so great at communication, which is mm-hmm. so unlike any relationship I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. So he's, he was a guy that I would normally like want to go up and flirt with, but we're sitting there talking about how great we communicate with our partners. And I really was so oblivious Honestly, I, I assume production had something to do with it, but I wasn't even thinking. I had no idea the guy was with Jasmine doing his interview. Like we were just all messing around. So I still to this day, I don't know if they told them to go there. They just happened to be there. Yeah. I don't know. I choose to be oblivious when I can because <laughs> I don't I don't want to feel like I'm being produced. I'm just having a good time with my gal pals and group of guys comes. That's true. We were conflicted because we were like, when Kirsten was like, no, my man is waiting for me at home. We're like, yeah. But then the guy was talking to Jasmine. We're like, hey, Jasmine, keep his number for afterwards. We're like, wait, they're married. We shouldn't do that. So we're hypocrites. It was confusing. It felt like a test, which is not necessary. But at the same time, I think we all passed it because at that point, we knew what our decision day decisions were going to be. So... You know, you're like, we all knew what our decision day decisions were going to be. And we all knew what your guys' decision day was going to be. But the show keeps on trying to convince us, like, otherwise, which gets really annoying real fast as a viewer. As you're watching, what you know, what are you thinking? It's annoying as someone on the show as well, because <laughs> I am so guilty of this that, you know, you want to create a little intrigue because it's. As a viewer, a past viewer, it's exciting when, even though you know what they're going to say, it's so exciting when people say yes on decision day. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to make it super obvious, but I personally leaned so hard into creating intrigue the other way. Like, I don't know. I have to make this decision for our future. Like, I knew my decision. I don't know why I was acting like I didn't, but... Not that we're instructed to do so, but we're just told, like, don't flat out say your decision ahead of decision day, because then there's no point in decision day. So it is frustrating to act like you don't know what you're going to say. But at the same time, if at the one month anniversary, Chris and I are both like, we're going to say yes. And then every episode, we're like, we're going to say yes on decision day. You don't care. You're like, "Uh, they already said yes to us weeks ago so why are they dressed up sitting here with the experts so it is a little frustrating but I don't think we would get that really happy moment if we didn't create a little intrigue do you tell a producer before you go sit on the couch what your decision is or do they literally they're as just as surprised as you are Uh, this is a question I have always had I'm like they must write it down on a piece of paper you can't change your answer but we didn't even know who was going to go first they were just chit-chatting. They're like, all right, so what's it going to be, Nicole? I'm like, all right, we're up. You just you just say what you want to say, and you can change your mind in that moment if you feel like it. Were, were you as shocked as we were that Shaq said no? <sighs> yeah, um, I, I'm still, I'm still not okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was really shocked, but I also didn't see a lot of the things he was struggling with because he wasn't as open with me 
about those things as he was with the guys. So I think watching it back, I more so understood maybe where he was coming from, but I'm still shocked. Oh, shocked is so wonderful. Do you wish that they would get back together? Not anymore. I think they have both grown separately into beautiful, amazing people in the places they are both, you know, metaphorically and physically. He lives in Austin now. So um, I think that this process helped them become such amazing versions of themselves. And I, I don't think they would be where they are had they stayed together. But I wish they still said both said yes on decision day just to see if they could have gotten a, a little less tense and maybe had a relationship that wasn't as stressful, but yeah. you never know. It's like, a, we have a theory what could have happened, but you don't know. And at the end of the day, in this current present day, they're both amazing, wonderful humans. And if that is due to Shaq having to say no to that beautiful, amazing woman on decision day, then so be it. Yeah. Most people find like when it doesn't work out a match, they go on to find like they help. And Dr. Pepper always says that even if you say no, as long as you learn something about yourself and you grow and that helps you go into like the relationship that you're meant to be with. So hopefully they both find that and they're both happy. Yeah. I mean, everyone else, Gina and Clint are both with, they're in relationships with other people, not each other, but (laughs) I've never, I mean, I don't know them before the process, but they're both so happy. And I love Clint's girlfriend and Gina's boyfriend. And it's funny because I always thought, you know, Gina and Clint, like, why didn't they work? They, They would have been such a fun, good couple. But now that I see them so genuinely happy, like, that's why this didn't work because this is what they look like happy. And yeah, it's unfortunate it didn't work out, but same with Jasmine. And she's thriving with her new man. So can we ask if the man is the FBI guy that was in the after episodes? It's not my information to share. Okay. So during the show, do you guys plan your dates or do the producers just plan the dates for you guys? We tell them things that we'd like to do and they take care of logistics. Like some places you just can't have cameras or some places schedules don't line up. So we almost give them a wish list. And then they see what they can make happen. Um, We never really do anything that we don't want to do, but sometimes we don't get to do things we'd really like to do because you just can't have cameras in certain places or, you know, places aren't open or don't want cameras there or things like that. But they take care of all the logistics, which is nice. Okay. Does that apply to the trips too? Yes. They found us that beautiful house in Gatlinburg and they brought the bears there because someone in production left the van window down with snacks in it. So they got us the bear sighting. (laughs) Full service. Yeah, exactly. 
So we are going to talk about After Party, but I have one more question, I guess, about the show overall. Because you were talking about buying gifts. I You probably can't tell us exactly how much you're paid for the show, but like, is it enough to make it worth it? Is it like, I'm just dying to know. Is it like, do you feel like you shelled out money to be on the show or like at least broke even or you made a little profit? If anyone was going on this show for money or fame, they would be on the wrong show is all I'm going to (laughs) say. So it, yeah, I mean, you spend money on things like I had to get my eyebrows done more frequently and my hair done and I had to get clothes and all these things, but you work so much. So if you really break it down to hourly, it's, you don't do it for the money. So anyone if if you see anyone who goes on the show and you're like they just want clout or they just want money they've made a poor decision is all i'm gonna say hey guys our conversation with nicole continues over on patreon we talk about after party we ask her her favorite couples and we ask her what her ideas would be about spinoffs if you would like to listen to this you can join our patreon and if you're already a patron you can enjoy the conversation see you there save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.